Welcome to Prestigious Minds, a podcast about the history of entrepreneurs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I am Jeremiah, joined with my co-host Rob, and we have a few announcements before we jump into this week's episode. First, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show and that you're having a wonderful week. Secondly, you can find us on social media at pmindspod, that is the letter P-M-I-N-D-S... P-O-D, and that will be our Twitter handle, our Instagram, and then on Facebook you can find us at Prestigious Minds. I won't keep you any further from your reason why you're here, so let's jump into it. As Vanderbilt got older, he never got put in a nut house, but he increasingly became more childlike as he got older and his mental state declined. Like finding things very novel that he used to not care about, where he was very serious about business. He didn't necessarily become less serious, but he became more agitated, where he was normally calm under pressure. He became more emotionally reactive. Mm. Well, it makes sense with someone that's having uh, active brain decay. Yeah, his sound logic in business slowly started dwindling away. Which makes sense, but I mean, it's a sad thing for anyone to go through. I hate his wife had it, though. You know she gave, he gave it to her. It's, oh, 100% gave it to her. That's so sad. He actually even, he even, eventually ended up remarrying. Going into that, so I guess this will be part of our closing statements on Vanderbilt. There was a Vanderbilt, as he got older, became very in tune with the mentalism kind of aspect of healers versus like traditional medicine like scientific-based. Due to this, he swore up and down it helped. Obviously, it didn't. They called it magnetician. That's what it was. There was a woman, because of her father. Her father was basically his daughter's pimps. But anyway, what was her name? Tinny. Or Tinny. Well, her name. So, the dude that I mentioned was named Buck Claflin. And he had a daughter named Victoria and another daughter named Tennessee. Victoria was the spiritualist and... Tinny was the healer, where she would have the laying on of hands to heal. This was the woman that was very young, that if you go all the way back to like the first or second episode, that Billy's and his family were worried about her marrying and taking all the money because she was like 21 years old. She would have the laying of hands to help Vanderbilt feel better in his old decrepit state. You can read about that. It's very fascinating. Long story short, you have a con artist using fake medicine, trying to take care of an old, like, swindle an old dude out of a bunch of money. Tinny claimed, like, it's hard to say whether she actually loved him or not. I think she did to a degree. She loved that money. Well, yeah, but Vanderbilt didn't necessarily give her a bunch of money. He was almost like her sugar daddy. Like, seriously. But but Was she the first gold digger? No. But, 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 he wasn't married. Like, that matters for Vanderbilt, but he wasn't married, So, which means he could remarry. He did end up marrying someone that was actually an old family cousin slash friend. She didn't like Vanderbilt. I don't think they ever did anything together, but they married to basically keep the money within the family. The old cousin friend. Well, he married his cousin, but this was not like a cousin like that. This was, this was a Frank Armstrong Crawford. That was her name. She was like 45 or something like that when they got married, and he was 82. Jeez. 
She was an American socialite and philanthropist during the American Civil War. She was a strong supporter of the Confederate States of America. After what? the war, she lived in New York City and married the multimillionaire Cornelius Vanderbilt, who donated $1 million to establish Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. She was from Alabama, okay? But he was a staunch union, union supporter. Yeah, that's true. But she was a philanthropist, too. She was actually the reason why Cornelius donated a million dollars. And a lot of that was somewhat not f- forced. Oh, she died in 1885 at the age of 46. A lot. She was not 47 when they got married. She- <laughs> That's wild, isn't it? She was like, she was 30 years old when wow. they got married. Jeez, 46? It's a syphilis again, isn't it? <laughs> Just taking them out. Man. No, I don't think so. She was a philanthropist. Philanthropist. Yeah, there you go. She was a philan- <laughs> She was a philanthropist. <laughs> By making uh, Vanderbilt donate a million dollars. He donated, I think, a few hundred thousand to like a church, too. Man. Through her. <laughs> right, basically. right. Like, so it shouldn't be called Vanderbilt Memorial Hospital. It should be called, you know. Crawford, Crawford. Vanderbilt. I don't even know. I don't think it's called Vanderbilt Memorial. It's probably just Vanderbilt. Crawford Hall, one of the ten houses on Martha Rivers Ingram Commons at Vanderbilt University was named in her honor. Oh. An article in the Vanderbilt Political Review about the university's links to slavery notes. During our research, for example, it was shockingly difficult to find information on Frank Armstrong Crawford's stance on the Civil War on the Vanderbilt website or Vanderbilt archives, yet other sources plainly cited her date dedication to the confederate cause oh that must suck that your main contributor supported the confederacy especially yeah. vanderbilt and you try to be uh i'm not gonna say it this is a friendly friendly podcast but you were right right i don't know we've been very political this episode it's been kind of fun you know a little bit of not really political it's been more it's a matter of fact kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I guess it's there's no opinion, but yeah. there's no opinion. It's like, this is the case. <laughs> there, there are politics here. <laughs> I mean, you're, when you're talking about big business, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you're talking about monopolies, I mean, what, how do you think that happens? Yeah. Well, if you grew up in Mobile, Alabama, yeah. I mean, come on, we. You don't understand what's going on necessarily behind the scenes of this war. You just think what your leaders are telling you. So. Very much like today. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Big oof. Big oof. Anyway, Vanderbilt, however, I don't think you can blame him for that because he obviously did not support the Confederacy. Anyway, the same year that he got married, Vanderbilt directed the Harlem to begin construction on the Grand Central Depot on 42nd Street and Manhattan. And it was finished in 1871. This was a very fantastic Central Railroad Depot, but it was replaced by the Grand Central Terminal in 1913. So sadly, um, you know, Grand Central Depot is not actually there. It was demolished. But one the thing that was fascinating about it was he sank the tracks on Fourth Avenue in a cut that later became a tunnel, and Fourth Avenue became Park Avenue. Well. That's pretty cool. Does that mean that 
that he like lowered the tracks and kind of like like indented them in the ground and then they eventually just built a tunnel over it and then like built a road on top of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's what it means. It's like not below ground, but it's like in, in you know, sunk okay. into it. They built up over it. Crazy thing about man, we could do an episode just on how the uh the northeast has changed over time. It's it's so in, incredible. Yeah, I mean I wonder if the Vanderbilt Mausoleum is still there in the cemetery. I would imagine it is. Probably is. I wouldn't see them getting rid of that. I mean, it's kind of illegal to destroy cemeteries, so... I ain't saying they haven't done it, but... Is it illegal? Yeah, disturbing the dead. No, they they pick people out of the ground all the time and move them. Well, well yeah, but you can't just pick them up and move them. You have to track it. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we... <laughs> <laughs> Being all over the place. Um, there was eventually a fight that ensued, though, because of Vanderbilt's declining mental state. A lot of the siblings were actually not given very much money. I think there was like a $1.2 that was divided among all the siblings, and the rest of it went to Billy. Now, a portion of this, pe- what, they, what the case was built on was they were saying that Billy wrote out the will and then just had his demented father sign the document to make it official basically giving him control of the most pretty much everything I definitely would not put Billy past this but at the same time I wouldn't put Vanderbilt like a Cornelius you know I wouldn't say he wouldn't do that he just seems like the guy that's like well you're running the business so you get it all oh to be fair he did build up the vast majority of the wealth that the Vanderbilt family had in railroads. Like, that was Billy, not Cornelius that did most of that. Bill, Cornelius probably started for the first 20-something years, which is not no length of time, but didn't become explosive in profits until Billy really started running after his father, you know, slowly started declining in the late 1860s. Right. Early 1870s. I guess part of the idea was, like you said, like, Billy invested most of his time, money, and efforts into the business, the assets of the family. I do believe that there were several estates that were given to his others, like his other siblings. And I do also think that part of the idea was his sisters were all married to fairly well off people. They were just trying to cash in on his death, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, part of that was, but I think Billy point was, well, you already have a sustainable family and to be fair, a lot of the son-in-laws, Vanderbilt son-in-laws, were part of Vanderbilt's business, and they held like council positions and stuff, and literally helped him build businesses. So it isn't like these people didn't have a lot of money. Right. They probably didn't have a hundred million dollars, but they definitely weren't broke. I think that there was probably some underhandedness in there. That's also part of the reason why they wanted Frank to marry Vanderbilt, because she was like a second removed cousin from. I think his mom's side, Vanderbilt's mom's side. That's how you get the, uh, you kind of keep the wealth from falling into someone else's hands. Sadly, though. This is long life riddled with debauchery, monopolistic practices, feverish, capitalistic competition, collusion. Exploitation. Ingenuity. Ingenious business tactics. Some of them... Ruthless. Some of them are probably, most definitely... Illegal then, definitely legal now, maybe unethical to some degree. Came to an end on January 4th, 1877, at the, at his residence on 
number 10 Washington Place. After being confined to his rooms for about eight months, the immediate cause of his death was exhaustion brought on by long suffering from complications of chronic disorders. He was 82 years old and had a net worth of $105 million back then. That is quite a lot of money. I mean, he was the first tycoon. The very first, yeah. To pass on his tycoonist to further generations like Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan. I mean, can you imagine, like, having $102 million now? I don't know the exact conversion rate, but we can get close. That'd be roughly $3 billion, 3.2, around $3 billion, between 2 and $3 billion today. It's quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it is a lot of money, but how much money do you think, like, how much money do you think 3.2 billion, like, 3.2 billion dollars wouldn't get you on the top earners, like, the top richest people? No, no, not at all. It's crazy how, how much wealth has changed throughout the years, and how much the accumulation of wealth has changed throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, it's also the perception of how much a dollar is worth, not just like inflation, but how much it is worth monetarily. Like, like how much goods. it gets you. Yeah. yeah. Also, fun fact, in 1877, there was no inheritance tax. 1877? Inheritance tax is a tax paid by a person who inherits money or property of a person or who has died, whereas an estate tax is levied on the estate, money, and property of a person who has died. That literally says the same thing in roughly two different ways in the same sentence. The estate tax in the United States is a federal tax on the transfer of the estate of a person who dies. The tax applies to property that is transferred by will or if the person has no will according to state laws of instancy. Condition of estate of a person who dies without having a enforce a valid will or binding declaration. I think there's a there's a you have to make so much money for that to apply. I believe. Yeah. So from zero to ten thousand dollars, eighteen percent of the amount. <laughs> oh, eight. What? What? How much was that again? Eighteen percent. But it says cumulated tax payable zero. It eight ten thousand between ten thousand and twenty thousand. It's twenty percent. Of the excess, so 1,800, 20 to 40 is 3,800, 40 to 60 is 8,200, 80 to 100,000 is 1,820, 18,200, 150 to 250 is 38,000, 850 to 250 is 385,800, 1,000,000 and over is 345,800. 40% of excess. It's almost 50% of your money. That That's insane. Okay, the re- I don't know if, if there are loopholes and such, but... Oh, 100%. I'm sure there is. Well, yeah, because imagine if you inherited your family's farm. Okay, it may be worth $5 million, but... It, what if it's on razor thin margins and you have to, they're like, Oh, you owe us 40% of your value. Like there's totally loopholes for that. There should be just cause something is worth $5 million. Just means they have $5 million in assets. Doesn't mean you can liquidize that or liquidate that. Yeah. There, I don't know. There's some weird stuff that goes on and it's way too much. Anyway, we're not going to go into talks all that's kind of boring, but anyway, it's been a long episode. It's been a long episode, a long series. We're wrapping it up. 
I think we wrapped up Vanderbilt all right. If you want to learn more, you can go visit your Google or any other search engine you enjoy. Internet Explorer, you know. That's a good one. That Firefox. And use DuckDuckGo <laughs> and not find any result. No, I'm kidding. That sounds like a commercial. Anyway, um, Cornelius Vanderbilt. Was he a good man? Morally? No. Was no. he a good businessman? I would say for his day, he was probably pretty good. Yeah. He definitely lacked ethics, family values. He was out children. for himself. Uh, he did not like children. He had plenty of those. Yeah. You know what? I think we should rate him on a scale of, like we do our beer reviews. Yeah, but what are we rating him on? Okay, on a scale of five holes in the brain from syphilis. I'm going to give him five. a couple. <laughs> I'm going to give him a few ratings. I'm going to say... Person, a two out of five brain brain holes. Businessman, well, I gotta give him a five on that one. Wait, wait, wait. If you if you have five brain holes, that's worse. You got more holes in the brain. Don't think about it too too hard. Don't You're right. He didn't. He had too many holes. He couldn't. Yep. Couldn't do it. I can agree with those assessments. Not a good person. Great businessman. Ruthless. Except for his one son that died in the Civil War. He yeah. did love him. Yeah. Named him after George Washington. Now, you know, th- this this uh, whole series on Vanderbilt has been, uh, it's been entertaining, but it's not been my favorite one, to be honest. It, I've learned the most about one person, but there's so much written about Vanderbilt that it's it's really hard to have all the information. Like, when we talked about Rockefeller, I mean, that was our first one, right? So, but it was fun. It was fun. It was a short Sweet. You kind of got it. Well, Rockefeller was a good character because he was the opposite of what everyone says a big, you know, tycoon is. Like, he was a, he was a ruthless businessman, but he wasn't a backdoor businessman. He had some shady deals that he was a part of, but something that we also have to put in perspective, this is what everyone did. So it's kind of like you're not breaking the rules you're doing what is necessary just to meet expectation. Now what? Now, since we're just kind of riffing right now, you know, killing time. I did see that uh, there was a podcast that a teacher was talking about education and how the education system right now is not the best, if you haven't noticed. And he kind of blamed Rockefeller. It's crazy. You know, Rod- Rockefeller was invested in, in education, colleges and stuff. His point was that Rockefeller pretty much set up the system we have now to make good factory workers. You know, don't ask questions. If you get it wrong, it's bad. And I think the point is, like, you know, in life, uh, a failure is, is honestly probably one of the best lessons. But you're not taught that in school. Failure is something you try to avoid. That's just one thing about Rockefeller that may, may or may not be true. Probably not, but it's an interesting point of view. Who is, yeah. your, who is your favorite tycoon we've done so far? I think Rockefeller would definitely be it. He's a cool dude. Cool dude. I mean, I also like the industry that he helped start, the oil and gas industry. Yeah, that's a nice one. Now, there's people in the future that we're going to talk about that I'm much more keen and know way more about than the people we've talked to yet, talked about yet. So, excited about that. It'll be uh, an an electrifying uh, set of stories. Not yet. We're getting there. (laughs) Anyway, this has been another episode, the last episode in the Vanderbilt saga of...
prestigious minds. Thank you for listening to this episode of Prestigious Minds. That concludes today's episode. If you've enjoyed the show, let us know how we can improve by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at pmindspod. And go give us a follow over there where we discuss and share photographs, videos, and anything visual related to the podcast. And thank you for listening to Prestigious Minds. <laughs>